How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Talk Too Much Podcast. My name is Sina Palavon. I am your host. This week is another special week because I interviewed yet another big collection, the Vogu NFT Collection, otherwise known as the next Star Wars. Literally, that's what their co-founder, uh, Mr. Andrew Traxy, my guest for the week, that's what he has in mind. He wants the Vogu Collective to transform into the next Star Wars. So one of you, you've heard me say this before on, on the show, like, yo, this is going to be the next Disney Channel. Yo, this is going to be the next that. I'm saying these things because that really is the case. These NFT brands that are coming out, they're not just profile pictures. They're, they're intellectual property. That's these creators. They're trying to take it past the NFT space. So for me, when I look at the Vogel Collective, why did I look at, uh, to interview them? Number one, when they came out the, the gate, they were one of the hottest collections in the space. Their, their two-week period of when they came out is almost as big as any NFT collections, if not one of the biggest. Um, it was better than the Bored Apes. Their first two weeks when they came out, and you'll hear Mr. Andrew talk, uh, talk about that during the show. But what I'm really most impressed about with the Vogue is their detailed art and use case. Um, <clears throat> the story behind it is so intricate. You're going to hear Mr. Andrew thought it out very well. The art, though, is very detailed. Every part of this collection is very, very detailed. And Mr. Andrew has plans on taking this collection, as I said, past the NFT space. He wants to create merchandise. He wants to create brands out of it. He wants to create video content, media. If you have a Vogue, you know, you kind of can participate in the next Star Wars, so to say. People always keep asking, Cena, what are the differences between all these collections you're interviewing? Well, yes, the art, the culture, the roadmap, the utilities and use cases, where these, all these brands that you're seeing, the Gutter Cats, the Vogus, the World of Women, they're trying to become brands past the NFT space, but they're each doing it in their own separate way. And I thought the Vogel collection was one of the most unique ones out there because the art, if you look at their art, which as you'll see during this uh, podcast, it's one of the most detailed art out of out of all the generative art collections, the Vogel collection, like the details on the robot faces are ridiculous. So yeah, that's what I, I really took notice. And I think that's when you guys see this collection, you're going to instantly see that compared to other collections, the detail, the detail. Um, it's very reminiscent of an anime style cartoon in a way. But uh, anyways, without further ado, let's get into the episode. How are you, my friend? What's going on? Nice to see you, my friend. It's very nice. Same. To see you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to do this with me. I'm actually very excited to do this. Oh, cool. me too, man. Me too. So, Mr. Andrew, uh, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, the Vogue has been, you know, a... a a unique case, I should say. When it dropped, you guys got a lot of hype. And in my opinion, you guys are right now one of the hottest collections on the market. Um, when you guys came out, I think the entire community was just pretty astounded by the art. I think that there's many reasons why I think an <laughs> NFT collection is good. But, you know, I was saying an analogy on, on the previous show. It's like when you're just uh, anything you observe in life, the way it looks is the first thing that grabs your attention. And your collection, in my opinion, has the most one of the most detailed art uh, art forms out of there. Like it's very detailed and, and very uh, unique. And I would like for you to start this off. I would like for you to yeah. if you could please introduce uh, yourself to my audience. And what was the inspiration to start the Vogu? Like, how did this? What is the Vogu? And how did it start? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of the Vogu Collective. Uh, my other co-founder is Jason, Jason Trinidad, who is the artist um, and really the just the creative brains and, and all of the things that you said that were so nice about the art. That's all 
for Jason. Um, really, this came about, I've been friends with Jason. I've known him um, that almost like 10 plus years now. Uh, we work together in LA in film. And I've always known him to be a in just immensely talented artist. And I've always tried to like get his physical pieces. It's like, Jason, sell me that, sell me that, you know? And, um, and, and so a lot of this just derived from me wanting Jason's art. And when I started to get into the NFT scene myself, I saw that like, you know, Jason's art stood out to me personally. And I was like, in this space, Jason's art stands out. Like he could do well in this space. So I, I actually like sent him like $200 in Ethereum to mint. And I was like, mint some of these, like mint something. And he's like, well, what about, I have this like Vogu collection. What do you think about these guys? And so we minted the original council and no one bought them for like two weeks. Like, they were already yeah. up, really. Yeah. So the, the original council pieces were, is like his Genesis release and no one bought those. Um, right, and I realized. You, why do you think that that is? Why do you think no one bought those? Yeah, it's, it gets lost. Um, I think there's there's two big parts of, of success in the NFT world, and it's the art and it's the community. Um, and if, if you have one and not the other, it's like you could see it. There's a lot of one-on-one -on -one talented artists that are lost and, and no one pays attention to them because they don't have the community behind them. And that's when I realized, I was like, you know what, Jason, we can do something bigger because I believe that I could maybe build a bigger product behind your Vogue, your art. And then we would have both pieces. And he bought in, we reached out to some community members that we, um, we believed had like some good insight and they all bought up the council pieces and became kind of like the, you know, the start of this Vogue collective. Oh, wow. So that is actually a very... Uh different story than i've heard from other collections uh, as your start it seems like to me this pro uh, project I, I read on your website it says you guys plan on being more you, you said guess what we're not just an nft brand yeah can you please because i kind of think what you just said ties into that what is so different about the vogue what does that mean like what what does that mean you guys are yeah. more than just an nft brand? yeah so so I see, so I have this vision and a lot of other people, like you'll see like Gary Vee says this in the space a lot. And it's the, the NFT projects that are out right now, what they're doing is they're establishing intellectual property. They're establishing IP. So they're, they're, they're Pokemon. And the really, really successful ones aren't going to stay an NFT project. They're going to go and do movies. They're going to be put on shirts. They're going to be, it's going to go mainstream. And I know a lot of people might, oh, I don't want my, you know, my cool NFT group to go mainstream, but that will happen. Um, and I looked at it like, why would we not build a really cool NFT project with that in mind? Like, why aren't we building building blocks now to set us up for success when everyone else in the in the real world in the mainstream looks at the nft and goes wow these are amazing why aren't these in malls everywhere like why isn't every 12 year old playing with a vogu toy right so i wanted to build a a, a platform and and tell a story that we could take outside of of the nft world and bring it you know into other well, boss really quickly i think your picture's frozen oh is it yeah hold on sorry but you uh let's see if it's I'll edit this part out. No worries. Yeah, you're good. Let me see. Looks fine. Let me, I'm just going to see if I can turn it off and turn it on again. Cause that'll, yeah, that'll probably work. <laughs> so stop video, start video. Yeah, How's you're good. Okay. You, you were saying you guys are, you guys want to be more than just an NFT brand. Yeah. So um, we're trying to build those building blocks that launch a successful NFT project 
but then also translate into the more commercial world and the more mainstream world. Um, when people talk about like, oh, we're going to, you know, wouldn't toys be cool? Like everyone's like, there's so many projects where like a toy would be cool. Well, like who makes toys like mainstream? Like, why would you make a hundred figurines when you could like team up with Mattel and launch a Vogue line of toys that's in stores everywhere that your kids can play with? Like, that's the kind of level that I'm, I think, of course, we're aiming for it. The Vogue, that's what we want to be. But I think that just projects in the space as an industry, that's where they're going. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, in fact, I think that, and I want to actually touch on this before we move on um, yeah. and focus in on what you just said. So I'm going to ask, I want to say my opinion on this, and then I'm going to give you a couple questions. By the way, uh, these are not good for us. We got to no, stop terrible, these. At, but let's just, no, we yeah, got to stop these at some point. Because <laughs> I have an addiction. I saw you drink that. I was like, dude, I can share this with you. I kill myself every time I buy one, but I can't stop buying them. God damn it. Hey, listen, we, we all have our vices, man. Yeah. We all have our vices. And if this this is really all I do. So like if this is it, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say this, Mr. Andrew, um, mm -hmm. what you just said that. And I agree with you. Every single project should be looking to take that uh, transition. But I want to have two questions and I'm going to start with the first one. What is that transition? So what has to happen for Vogue to transition from this part to the next stage? Yeah. Um, and those are their calls, their meetings, and they're convincing somebody outside the NFT space to believe in your IP and believe that you as a team can translate your NFT success into mainstream success. So it's not just about having a cool image or having cool art or selling out to 3000 people in the NFT world. Um, it's very much like a startup world. It's like the, the person is going to invest in you. It may not be money. It may just be, it, it may be like, if you're able, like if I'm able to get a call at Mattel, insane, right? I have to convince Mattel that this IP will succeed in the mainstream. They sell billions and billions of dollars worth of toys. So a million dollar NFT project is this small to them. So you have to convince them that something that's this small in their world can become this big. That big. Yeah. So you have to, you really have to sell your, that, that IP, that brand and your team. And I, I think something you said earlier, uh, and when you were alluding to the first Genesis pieces as to why they didn't sell, I think that you nailed it, is the community. And when you look at the community, each project keeps saying, I want, I want, to, I want the con community to build storylines behind each, each mm -hmm. different character. Now, each community has a bunch of AI-generated art, and, and they're all beautiful. So they're, all these characters are unique. So that is a possibility. How do you build a story around a character? I mentioned this on my stream earlier. I had an idea off the blue. What if there's a uh, an NFT collection called Name Tag? Have you heard of it, Mr. Andrew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the, my problem with that is it's a beautiful idea, but for it to really succeed, everybody should ha have to see that Twitter extension. That's yep. that's the key. I was saying instead of them focusing on Twitter, why is there any way they could focus that with other collections so that they could people can name their characters? Yeah, there was um, shoot. And that's a tech question, but I I can't remember the name of the project. But there there was a project. God, it might have been one of the waifu ones. Um, one of them, they did a thing where you could you could actually you claimed your NFT and then you could go and name it. Fluff, fluff. Will. Was it fluff? Does it? okay, yeah. yeah. So so that is a tech thing. It's totally possible. Why not? Is it? It may be. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the fluffs. I, they they scare me a little bit. I wanted to ask you this: Is how do you how do you recommend one of your community members? How does someone build a story around an NFT that they buy? Yeah, yeah. So like the way that we're doing it is. 
is kind of like a, a plug and play kind of choose your own adventure. Like we've set up the large, but we've done a lot of the, the hard heavy lifting with the story. So now it's just about like, where would your person sit? And what we're doing, we have a call this Thursday, not sure when this podcast comes out, but this Thursday, um, we're going to do a call with the community and it's going to be like, we're building these factions that exist in our world and we want community feedback. And a lot of the times the community might have like, they're not story writers. They're not creative writers. They might go, hey, it'd be cool if we're hackers. And then it's up to the creative team to be like, well, what if you were a shadow, shadow underworld group of hackers that wanted to take down capitalism? And then, you know, the community can then go, no, I don't want to do that. So I think that that story, it, it requires a back and forth so that the community has input. Um, but sometimes you as a project have to do the heavy lifting, which I think is fine. So what about if, if I'm, uh, okay, so for example, what about if I'm a community member, would you say that it's beneficial for them to, let's say, correlate their entire image to their NFT? Like I, I did that for, for my cats. I will be getting yeah. a Bogu soon. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you, do you believe that that's because I think that's beneficial to the overall community? Because imagine mm-hmm. if there's 10,000 different podcasters like me using a Bogu for, yeah. for, for their brand. Yeah. And that's so part of what makes NFTs and NFT communities, why we all like them there's a sense of belonging because we belong to a group of other people that have our same things. The same thing with being a sports fan or, or a collectible, like you have this group of people that have like-minded things. So you have that belonging, but then it becomes this kind of hybrid where it's a Rolex, you like to show it off and it's part of your image. And a Rolex tells so much of a story, but in a, a profile picture or an NFT that you have, you can write the story of what that tells. Uh, what, what's the, the board ape Jenkins, the valet. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just a picture of an ape and this guy's created now some literary project based off of the, the story he's created for his, his board ape. And it's like stuff like that, I think is brilliant. And that's where, that's why NFTs, I think will surpass the Rolex of the future because you can build so much more behind them. So really quickly, Mr. Andrew, sorry to, uh, the thing froze again, if there, if you could start and stop, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I want to comment on what you just said regarding the Rolex specifically. Um, before we move on, is there? Do you believe um, that? Do you believe that NFTs right now are a? Because everybody always, and this is my problem with society, is everybody, and it's not really a problem because money is the end all be all in a way, whether you want to admit it or not. But everyone's yeah. so focused; they correlate money to success, and that's the yeah. truth. But there are other intangible forces that can help your career, help everything. Do you believe that owning an and an, a Vogue, let's be specific, mm-hmm. can help? Because I said this, I made this case, and let me know if you agree with me. I said owning a Vogue, uh, why you should spend, I, my friend laughed at me because I told him to buy a Vogue rather than pay a, a, a $1,000 or $2,000 down payment on, on rent a car. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, and he started, he's like, I need a car. And I said this, I said, the, the Vogue, having that as your profile picture will create social capital that could lead you to a job. Correct. Do you find that like to be a, a true yeah. statement? I do. I do. And I think like, you know, and I would, uh, I agree. I mean, it's like, you have to know the industry and where you're trying to work, but there's so many creative people in the NFT world and having a Vogu or a Bored Ape or a Gutter Cat or, or a large NFT project as your profile picture, it's the same thing with the Rolex, right? It's a club membership card. Someone can look at it and go, I have something in common with this person that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And it opens that door um, 
it's almost like a cold opening. Like if you were in a room and a bunch of business owners were there, how do you start a conversation to get a job? It's very, very difficult for a lot of people. I'll talk anyone's ear off, so it would be easier for me. Mm-hmm. But like for a lot of people, that's a, that, that cold opening is, is difficult. Um, with a gutter cat or a board ape or a Vogu, you walk up and go, you own a Vogu, I own a Vogu. And even if they're the not same, like if I see a board ape, which I, I had sold my ape, unfortunately, but my ape opened a lot of doors. Oh, really? I had you pay- sold your ape? Yeah, well, it's, it was to pay the lawyers for this project. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a trade-off, yeah. So yeah, it paid, it paid, it. It's paid its way. It's fine. He did his job, and he's with the happy house, you know? So, um, <laughs> but, like, right now, if I see someone with a bored ape, I, even if I have my Vogu, we both know we're in the same space, right? Like, we'll respect each other, and it's not – even if it's a project that I don't really like or vibe with, I'm still going to talk to you. Because I'm like, oh, what's up, interest. right? We have the same interests. So so I do think that there is definitely some social capital. I think you hit on it, and, and I agree. Did you, question, did you pay the lawyer in, in dollars, or did you give him I the had ape? A pay, I had a payment dollars, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, can I say something? If you had yeah. given him the ape, he should have taken the ape straight up. I know. My Yeah, my dev team took a couple Vogu. That was part of our... Uh, yeah, I got the cost that, for, yeah. But can I just say something? That's a lawyer's lack of education. Cost him hundreds of millions of dollars right there. All he had to do was say, give me the ape. And his life was probably set. So yeah. that's just hilarious. It's well, funny. not hilarious. But I was going to, I want to kind of get into the collection itself. Yeah. Now, because I'm a fan of the art itself. I think when you look at the art uh, and you literally just put it side by side next to whatever you feel about it, mm-hmm. you count the details on the vote and any yeah. Vogue piece. It's a hundred times more intricate than anything you see on the market. So what are these robots? If you can quickly give a quick backstory yeah. to my audience behind them. And then I want to get into the five races, I believe. That's what they are. Uh, the, yeah, the model lines. The yeah, model, yeah, 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 yeah. So can you uh, please uh, go ahead? Yeah. So, so and that's, you, you, they're so detailed. And like, that is why I didn't see that in a lot of the NFT, especially in the generative space. No. So I knew that that's what Jason does. Like that's, he is a detail-oriented artist and he really likes to get in there and do details. Um which makes it hard to do a generative project because he wants to do little changes on everything. That's yeah. why I'm impressed. Yeah, so we had to kind of work within Jason's realm um, to kind of come up with like, how do, we, how do we stay detailed without having just like a million small variations on everything and, and how do we get lost? And, and I had to like make sure that he didn't spend three days building one behind the skull piece, you know? Um, but no, and then what was what was your second question? I was gonna if you can go in the five model types. Yes, the model lines. Yes, sorry. Um, so what we part of that was that so we talked about why it was hard to do creative um, direction when you have such a detailed artist because he'll spend three days on an on a sensor on an ear, right? So hmm. one of the ways that we said like, well, let's picture like what are these? Let's the first thing we need to answer is what is the Vogu Collective? What are these robots? So that's where we started to develop the world. So the lore was part of like what drove our art direction. So we said, okay, humans don't live on earth anymore, but if you live in space, like where are you getting metal from? You have to be on planets to mine. So we said, okay, if it's so far out in the future, maybe we have these robotic avatar surrogates and that's what you leave on the planet. And you can like, this is where we came up with tether assisted robotic skeleton, which is what TARS is short for. So you're up in the spaceship and you tether in full dive, you know, RPG, uh, you know, anime style, and then you control your TAR on the planet. 
So that's like where Ready that player one, like ready. Yes. Player one. Yes. Yeah. With Ty Sheridan. Yes. Yeah. So, um, there's like this, um, that world where you dive into and that's the same thing with ready player one. Like those become your, your avatars, your personality, your show. Your, so what those look like matter because you're trying to show off. And, and our idea is that these, these ships in the, in the, you know, in the universe are kind of small, they're cramped. They're not the best place to hang out. So some people just decide to like, you know, tether into their tar and like go hang out at a bar you know, on, on Mars or something. And that's where they go, or they go to the, the Zed run horse track on Pluto or something, right? Like to, to bet on the ponies. So there's really cool stuff like that. Um, and then we said, all right, so that's cool. But where, where do we get the idea for the styles? And we were like, well, if you sold robots, if you sold these tars, you would be like BMW or Mercedes. And how do they organize? three series, five series, right? So that's what we did. We said oh. the entry level is core. And then we were like, yeah, so that's how we came up with the different model. Lines. Oh, so I have, I want one thing to say is I, I want to ask you this because I, I recently saw Ready Player One. Number yeah. one, I've, I want, am 100% convicted three, 30 years from now. Like we will literally do that. Like I could transform oh, yeah. into a Vogue. Mm -hmm. I was also yeah. going to ask you this. I agree. I also could see a hundred years from now in real life, this being actually a possibility, like the idea you mentioned of space exploration, like yeah. what if we do have stay on earth and can control robots and go into space. And I was going to ask you, this is I, now that we were into this collection, I want to kind of give my, uh, my audience a, a, a glimpse into the, the future of what the Vogel holds. What, if you could please, if not, no worries, but what future plans uh, mm -hmm. do you have in mind for the Vogel? Besides yeah. like the merch and stuff like right away, what do you think could happen uh, for this collection? Yeah. So, so, um, and I put out, you know, if, and if anyone's interested, we put out what we called, um, I don't call them roadmaps. We always try to brand something differently in the Vogue collective. We try to keep it within our brand and our style. So instead of calling a roadmap, we called it a rails plan because in our world, you travel on black or dark matter rails. Mm -hmm. So that's the joke. So that's, so it's called a rails plan, but we did publish something like that. That kind of gives us like, here's our short, our short term looks, our medium term and our long term. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So the short term, Jason, our artist is already working on a companion drop. So this will be the first like big, this will be the big thing, right? So Jason's going to make these companion pieces that anyone who owns a Vogue will be able to go to the website and claim. Um, they're going to be super cool. It's we're going to try to have matching trays. Same thing like board eight kennel club, the sewer rats. Like it's the same thing. Everyone in the NFT space is very familiar with it. Um, merch is like high on the list. Like I would have liked to have delivered it like last week if I could have. Right. Um, but when we talk big meetings and, and having like legit outside of NFT world conversations, uh, unfortunately those take time. So as much as I want to like deliver it now, I want to deliver it correctly. And I think right now I haven't proven, like our team hasn't proven anything that we can deliver outside of an NFT project and cool. Really? You know, cause like, if you look at it, it's like, well, they haven't delivered merch. Like he says, but, all but these, these other plans. meetings that like these other companies you talk to, and by the way, Mr. Andrew, uh, yeah. your, your screen froze. Yep, really I got you. But these other companies you talk to, they don't see like what you guys are doing, like how much influence and like jet momentum you guys oh, are generating. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about they like people are listening outside of the okay. NFT space for sure. For sure. That's what I was um, yeah, for, it's just normal business. It takes a little bit longer, you know, um, but inside the NFT space, people are still like, can we trust Andrew to deliver? Can we trust the Vogue Collective to deliver? 
So I really want to get some stuff going because once you, once I can show everyone that we can and will deliver, I think those long periods of time where I'm like, Hey, give me a sec. I got some meetings coming up. People will say, now nah, he'd said this before and it worked out for us. Like, you know, cause a lot of other projects in the space are like, yeah, we're going to do an animation. Yeah. We're going to do a film. Yeah. We're going to do a game. Under over deliver. You're, you're with the under. And that's, yeah, I'm an under. Yeah. So, but the minute we deliver, and I plan to hopefully the plan is to deliver at a level that's kind of like unprecedented in the NFT space. Now, I think it's going to be the, the bar in the future. Like if you're a real project, you're going to deliver on the level of the Vogu in the future. Um, so I'm trying to set the bar and that might take a little bit longer, but I feel like once we start dropping that stuff, you know, it's, it's just going to be kind of end game and, and everyone's going to, going to freak. I really like, I th- number one, one thing I've noticed um, is, your self-awareness i really think it's by the way you're i hate to be annoying your screen i'm just going to keep saying it just for the show but i really think that your self-awareness as to why like you don't hear collectors say that or not collectors like the creators of a collection say that i think your self-awareness is key and i also very much uh i I like you you have a long-term vision it seems like you're not really into it just for a quick flip like you really are taking each part uh necessarily and carefully now we're both, uh, we just talked about Ready Player One. The metaverse is a big, big uh, topic in the NFT space. I'm assuming that gamification and NFTs are all headed there. Yeah. What are your yeah. uh, thoughts on the metaverse and do you foresee it being a part of your collection? Yeah. Um, yeah. When, so when are you going to release this? Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so as of yesterday, then <laughs> okay. uh, we're, we're announcing today as we record this, <laughs> um, to, we're going to announce uh, our partnership with MetaKey. Um, so we have a, a partnership with MetaKey that's coming out, and they're really going to be um, our partner for how we interact and deliver things to the metaverse. So there's going to be benefits for both sides, but we want to announce now, like, hey, we're working together. Vogu is going to bring some stuff into the MetaKey users, and MetaKey is going to help the Vogu people get into the metaverse. So. Um, that will be, a, I think, a really, really big partnership, and that will play a huge role in what we do in the metaverse space. Uh, space. I think, as a whole, we don't know what's going to happen with metaverses. Like, I don't think we, you know, Sandbox isn't out yet. Decentraland is still very early in its development. I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of Decentraland. That's it needs a, sta- yeah, it needs a standalone app. Like they're working on some things like, and I, I have some talks to some developers about it and, and what we can do and, and some of the capabilities, um, you know, but they need to improve. Sandbox isn't even out yet. So like uh, Solarium. Have you heard I of Somnium Space? Somnium, that's the one, the VR one, right? The one that's yeah, really- too, yeah. Yeah, right. So they're all very early and yep. they may- they may not all make it. So who, so I don't want to be like, yeah, we're a hundred percent DCL or we're a hundred percent sandbox. I'm going to take the vision of like, let's play around with all of them. Let's deliver some really cool stuff for, for anyone that we can, because that's kind of, I don't say easy, but like, that's an easy thing to do. Um, and then we'll just play with it. I always want to have a presence in the metaverse. It's just, I don't know what that looks like in two years. So I really love that. I have an idea and I've, I was, I've been keeping this quiet because uh, it's something I came up with, but I honestly would love for someone yeah. to do this. Um, I really think someone needs to come out with a virtual city and it should be a portal to each single world and it should be called the ether world. And that should be, a, that would create the actual metaverse because what you just said is so true. And I've heard a lot of collections uh, 
diving into sandbox, diving into all these. And, mm-hmm. but as you said, sandbox isn't out yet. And not to be yet. honest, if as it's my favorite virtual world, but a game centric virtual world, I don't know if it will, it's the star. I do think like humans will earn their revenue through gamification in 20 years, yeah. not working. But okay. I think right now, uh, there needs to be other use cases like marketing use cases, business use cases for a virtual world to gain adoption. So I really love what you're doing there. I was going to ask you this. Now, you mentioned earlier on in the show that you could use this IP for merch, for, for shows, for yep. games. Is there plans for Vogu, for example? Number one, can if I were to create a game and I were to own a Vogu, could I use that Vogu as a character in my game that I'm creating? If yeah, I give so- you guys credit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the way that we we went and did something very different from the space when it came to like the way that we wrote up our legal documents. Um, a lot of these projects, and it's the Wild West, like everyone says. So when you're creating one of these projects, probably the last thing on your mind is like, what does the legal document look like, right? It's usually something yeah. people do afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I had known just from a business standpoint and from a user standpoint, there's just a lot of gray area. Um, yes. when you're, when you're purchasing NFTs, you don't really understand what you can or can't do. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to lawyers before our launch and I was like, what does this look like? What if someone buys a picture from us, an NFT, and they own it completely? What can I, ca- what, how is that going to hurt me? And this is what people have to think about. Um, how does that hurt the Vogue collective when I go and I talk to Gucci about doing clothes or something, right? And then Gucci goes, well, what's your IP? Oh, well, I own the Vogue. Okay, but do you own any of these? Or like, is, is someone gonna be able to claim and sue Gucci for doing a Vogue? The minute, the minute you don't have your IP locked down, they stop talking to you. It's not worth it, right? These are billion dollar brands. And if, if it's not worth it. So if your stuff isn't, if you don't have your IP secured correctly, the big people aren't going to talk to you or they're going to say secure it and come back to me. Right. Or, you know, however they want to do it. So I wanted to avoid those kind of speed bumps in, in scaling. So I talked to the lawyers and we came up with this really, really ingenious way of doing it that I think a lot of, a lot of teams are going to start doing is the Vogu collective owns each asset. So all of the different pieces that, that are made on a Vogu, we own the rights to all of those assets, the really cool Coway vibes, like the record ear, like that's our IP. We own that. What you as a user owns is the combination of all of them together. So that very specific Vogu is yours. And if you want to put them on a t-shirt and give Vogu credit and say, this is my Vogu and sell that t-shirt, that's fine. If you want to put them in a video game, like that's fine, right? As long as there's credit given to the original collection and all that fun stuff. But like for the most part, you own commercial rights. But I can't draw a replica of that and put it listed as my own. Uh, so there's this, the remix stuff that we're doing because you own the combination of traits, you could remix it as your own art. And then there's this weird thing where if, as long as it's not 80% and there's some weird legal stuff where it's like, I'm not a lawyer. But I'm saying so. if I were to draw like a, 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 literally a hand drawn of the Vogue I have and, and name it seen as robot, you could. Yeah, that, that would be fine because oh, you dude. own those combinations, right? Like oh. if. Where it gets a little gray and it's like, am I going to go do DMCA takedowns for all of these little things? It's like, no, but my lawyers might tell me to. Like if you had a Coway Vibes ear, right? And then you put another Coway Vibes ear, that would be breaking the terms because you don't actually have an ear there. You don't own that Coway. So, but if you were to like remove that ear and put something that didn't exist in our collection, you know, like there's, there's this weird gray area still. And even my lawyers are like, we can't avoid 
all of these gray areas. Um, so I told them one of the biggest things in our collection is going to be spurring creative people and letting them do remixes of the Vogue. And I don't know if you've seen the channel in our discord. It's amazing. We're going to do a weekly it, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's sick. Um, so we want that to keep going. I actually have a call with the lawyers today after this, this talk. Um, so we're always going to keep rewriting or doing whatever we can on the legal side to ensure that the creative people in our community can keep doing those things. I've never had this type of insight. I feel like your, your experience is crazy just because I've never had a, a creator talk about the legal side. Are the lawyers like, like, are these like specific crypto lawyers or, or, or do you have no, to look so, for crypto lawyers or? Uh, no, they're just generic IP lawyers. And I know for I know for a fact that Board Ape Yacht Club has IP lawyers as well. Like I, they may not talk about it, but they do. How is the sentiment with these lawyers? Like, do they believe in the NFT space? Like now that they're working on these cases, how do they feel about this? Yeah, I think like the ones I talked to, it's an older partner and then a younger guy. And they were like, yeah, we hear about it. They're also like, I'm in an area in San Diego where it's all biotech. And it's, it's kind of boring because you're just, you're writing these long technical, just like, you know, the hydrogen atoms and the, and, and you just, it's, it can't be fun for a lawyer to write that. So you come to them and you throw this like puzzle thing at them where you're like, yeah, it's an art and we're generating images oh, and they're robots. That. They're like, they loved it, right? Like this was fun. This was finally something fun for them to work on. Um, and at the end of the day, it's an image and we're just working on the, what are the rights that this image has? So at the very, very core of it, it's not that much different from like mainstream stuff. There's just additional complexities because of the generative pieces of it. And the fact that like most people aren't going to buy a, a picture of Mickey Mouse and expect to be able to go resell that picture. That's where there's like some difference in the NFT world. NFT thinks I can buy this NFT and then I can go resell it or make derivatives or whatever in the mainstream, like no one's buying Mickey Mouse and expecting to be able to do that. So there's this weird complexity there with NFT. Do you think that's actually funny you mentioned that? Do you think that that like, for example, a brand like yourselves or any NFT project and everyone's saying this can get as high as Disney? And if they do, do you think like a hundred years from now, people will forget about Disney and like, it'll be like Vogue or the apes. Like, do you think that the potential is that high because of the blockchain technology? Yeah, I, I think um, like, I think the next Star Wars is in the NFT space, right? Like that's, you know, and, and I am, my goal is to be that, right? So the goal yeah, for so Vogue, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my goal for Vogue is to be the next Star Wars. Like that's the, it doesn't mean I'm going to achieve it. So right? you Everyone's Star Wars? Goal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So like, that's, you know, call, like get George Lucas on the phone, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the kind of level that I want to be at. At some point, there will be an NFT project that gets close and it, it may not make it, but I, I think the opportunities there, look at comic books. So like the entertainment industry needed ideas and they say, where can we get some fresh IP that hasn't really been like exploited to the limit? And then they said, well, we've had some success with comic books in the past. Like, let's re let's go there. Now look at the Marvel universe, ginormous, right? So they'll do the same thing with, with IP. They'll say, where's the next IP going to come from? Oh, the NFT space. And then they're going to grab someone from the NFT space and there's going to be movies. There's going to be toys. It's, it's going to be huge. So what about if for you, Mr. Andrew, if you like, if you guys gain, get to that next level, what are you going to do if you want to, let's say you want to create a movie out of the Vogus? Are you going to design specific Vogus characters for that movie? Or are you going to use one of the, the 10,000 already out? Yeah. So I always want to 
you know, at the, the core of our company is an entertainment company, but we'll never, ever forget that it's an NFT project, right? Like the, you can't ever forget that. Like that's the building block for all of this is the NFT project. So I always want to find a way to include the community Vogu and to build that value of the community Vogu whenever we do anything mainstream. So if there was a movie and we're developing the, the script and all this kind of stuff, it could be like one of the things I'm thinking of is like, what if you did uh, a contest? It could be a drawing contest. It could just be a raffle, whatever it is. And the winner signs off and says, you can use my Vogu in the movie. And we use the Vogu in the movie. The problem is, and this is what my lawyers brought up is what if you won, right? And I go, we're going to use your Vogu. And you go, cool, pay me $10 million. <laughs> and I the lawyers see. are like, I would probably, you? If, if you guys chose my Vogu and you guys created a box office movie, I mean, you know, that, that, money, that's right? a reasonable yeah. ask. Yes. So, so we'd have to deal with that. And un unfortunately, like from our standpoint, we could always be like, here's a reasonable offer. And if you don't take it, we go, we'll just go to the next guy because there's 7,000 of them, you know, but I do, I want that. I want to have something with the community. Could you create, what if, could, what if, could you create, let's say you created a movie of a hundred characters. Could you create the hundred characters, not randomly hand drown and yeah. then dish them out as NFTs in contest? Yeah, and later sell them out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so you're saying that you're saying that if you were to go down this path, you're going to stay true to the NFT uh, model and you would create these create IP around these characters. Yeah. Like how cool, like, cause how cool would that be? Right. Like the, the kind of plans and we are working out the legal stuff, but like that original, those council pieces, the original council oh, pieces. Yeah. The Genesis. So they're like, we want them to have narrative significance, right? I have to get everyone that owns one to sign off and get my lawyers to approve it and all this kind of stuff. Cause that's like super complicated. Um, but we want them to have narrative significance and that's kind of easy because there's like seven owners of the nine. And so I only have to talk to seven people versus 3000 people. Um, but besides them having the narrative significance, I always want to do some sort of giveaway or some sort of community involvement that just says like, what if there's a scene where um, one of the council members goes to this shady information broker on like on Mars in some back alley? I'd love to be like, I want my Vogu to be that shady character. Like how, right? like, like, how would you like it? You know what I mean? Like, that would be so cool. Like, what if we called up Ty Sheridan and be like, Ty, can you voice this? And like, your dude is voiced by Ty Sheridan. Like, that's just so cool. And it may not always be like, you're going to get a ton of monetary value back. Like, I'm not, like, we're going to throw you $700,000 just to be a small part in this film. But like, just the cool factor alone. I, think I mean, you awesome. go down in history at that point, right? Like, yeah, so I was going to say this is like, imagine if uh, well, I was just thinking, imagine if you're you know, you have a a, a Luke Skywalker NFT and it's literally the there's one of them. The, it's the, the Luke one. Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And when there's a metaverse, you could have your met. You can turn into him and use you're it as the an Luke avatar. Skywalker and the only. Yeah, that that's probably that's worth like there's no it's amount of value insane. on that monetarily. Yeah. I was going to ask you this because um, I have two more questions for you. Uh, yeah. the, number one. I think it's very, my audience, a lot of people that listen, have aspirations of creating an NFT collection. I think out of any of my creators, you gave the most realistic and like mm -hmm. pragmatic approaches. Like you mentioned you. lawyers, legal action. Can you please, what would you think if you were to summarize it really quickly, how would, what advice would you give to anybody starting out and uh, thinking of creating an NFT collection? What do you need to get together? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's kind of what we hit on earlier. It's, it's art and community. Um, and your community will always ask for like utility. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you giving me today? You know, what do you give me? Um, 
my advice, and I've already talked to artists that aren't in the space that have kind of called me from mutual friends or from the art say, hey, can you give me some advice? I'm thinking about NFTs. And my advice is always be a fan first. Go and see what projects speak to you and what are they doing that speaks to you. Um, you look at like Ghost. And if you're familiar with Ghost, yeah. he's just one artist, right? I always use him as an example because I think this is just peak like shows you what an artist, a solo artist can achieve. He would create a piece. And then if you own that piece and another piece, he would, not even technical, he would just take both and then write a new piece based on the two of them. Um, it's really, really cool. And that's not technical utility. There's no, you don't need a, a dev team to do that, right? So that may be something that's like really cool. And then other artists are beginning to emulate that. There's a Thai artist that does a project called Long Long Cats. And it's literally just a cat, like a long cat. I've seen this, I think. Right, yeah. And I have to, I have three of them. So like if you own a long, long cat and you own two long, long cats, she makes you a baby long, long cat oh, based on the parents. It's so dope. But you yeah. can sell that baby long, long cat. And you, yeah, yeah. I got to, you know, you, you, you pay her the little fee and now I have three to sell. And it's like all artist driven community stuff. There's a project called um, Lucha Things that I'm a big fan of. And you just buy the like um, Lucha mask, like the wrestling luchadors oh, mask. Yeah. And that mask represents a character in like WWE 2019. And he puts it up on Twitch and then just shout casts. The, that's right? dope. It's just that's dope. So dope. It's just dope stuff. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that as a fan, I want to support that. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about the merch line coming down. I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting up Lucha, you know, Lucha things every week asking what he's going to do. I'm just like, that's an artist, a creative person that's doing something for the community that's interactive dope. and fun and dope. Right. So those are the kind of things that I'm like, go as an artist, find what you like and then think, can I do that? Not everyone's going to be able to go on Twitch and create custom wrestlers. That doesn't match. Like no one's going to, you know, I couldn't do that. But like the things that ghosts are doing or things that some of these these artists are doing in the space, like go learn what they're doing and then be like, you know what? Like I could create a Discord server. I could create five different images and merge them. And like you can do stuff as a solo artist. Like you don't have to worry about the tech side of things too much, um, but oh. you're going to have to interact with your community. I mean, that's the big thing. Like that's the one thing. Like if it Jason, our artist, if it was just him, like he would never be, he would never succeed in NFT because he's just not the guy to go on Twitter. Like he's not the guy to share. He's not going to go on Discord and talk to everyone. He's not going to, that's just not him. He's an artist. That's all, you know. So you really have to find, it's like, where, where is your space and what do you think you can accomplish? Don't try to be someone else. I think that too many people try to be other projects. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Do what you can execute on, do what you can deliver to your community. Um, and then, and then there's the, the 10% where it's just luck, like the right person retweets you or, I mean, that's the sad part. Is like so a true. lot of it is just luck, you know, it that doesn't so mean true. if it doesn't work out. And that's why I tell, like, tell people like, oh, what do we do? It's, I said, listen, even if it doesn't work out for you, it's not always like your fault. It's not always your art. Like sometimes it just doesn't work. I 100% agree with you just said also, because like you notice Gary V retweeting something lifts a project off the ground. Like if yeah. a project's falling and he'll retweet it, they're going up. Yeah. And I was going to ask you really quickly as a successful creator of a collection in the space, when you look at the market and you look at the OpenSea rankings, what's your opinion of the NFT market right now? What do you think of these other NFT collections? Do you think there's room for evolving? Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'd say I'm a little nervous right now because oh, coming really? from, yeah, because coming from Top Shot, I'm seeing a lot of similarities. 
And a lot of the discussion in the NFT community that I see on Twitter and stuff is about 10 times gains, 100 times gains. Get in this project, you can get gains. No one's talking about how dope is what Luchador or Lucha Things is doing. How dope is Long Long Caps? How dope is Ghost? Right? Like no one's talking about like just how great or fun things are. Some of the more successful communities, like when you hear people talk about Board Ape Yacht Club, no one's saying like, I mean, they are, but like most of the people that are positive at Board Ape Yacht Club talks about how great the community is, how welcoming everyone is. Right. Like they're saying things about the core of that project. Yeah, it went a hundred. 300,000 times, right? So people are starting to talk about it. But like, as it was growing, people weren't like, yo, Borde Biakob went from 0.08 and it's worth 0.4 now. No one was saying that. They were saying like, get in, dude. Everyone's dope. We're, we're creating yeah. things, to, right? That's what, when, when Borde Club, and that's why they were slow. Like if you look at, and I put some stuff for like, uh, for some, um, some of the big meetings, I put some graphs together. Our two week compared to other projects, two weeks is out of this world. Like we blew away what other projects did, did in two weeks. And I think it's a really reflective of the space because everyone's, there's just money coming in early. Whereas Board Ape Yacht Club and Punks took forever. Right? Like it's, something? Yeah. You, you, your art was completely different though. I yeah. think that was a big reason yeah. where no one saw something like that before. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's all timing and, and there's, there's a lot of different factors, you know, it doesn't necessarily equate to long-term success or not, excuse me, but like, I wish more people were talking about the cool things that people were doing in the space and, and less about what's a 10 times return or two times return. Like the returns will come. Um, but we're just right now, I feel like the wave is that everyone's jumping into the new mint, flipping it for a quick, you know, buck and then going into the next mint. Um, you know, you, you'll see people jump in and, and into a Vogue at 0.3, sell it at 0.6 and then go run off to mints 10 more of something else. Yeah. And that's cool. That's part of, that's always going to be part of the space. The problem is when that becomes the part of the space and the largest part of the space, I think that will have a, a that will affect all of all of the projects. So I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with the mentality of like, I think those people do generate momentum and help help you guys out. Like they keep yeah, the revenue sure. going. But I think that long term, you need holders. You need people yeah. that believe in this community. And I was going to ask you to, to end the show. I don't want to keep you too long. Yeah. Um, Mr. Andrew, if, if I were to have a conversation with you in a year, um, where would you say, what would, what are your aspirations for the Vogue? Where would you say the Vogue would be? Yeah. So, so my, my goal in a year would be to, to be mainstream, to talk about the partnerships that we've, we've built, to talk about the brands that we're working with and to talk about like the media that we're featuring in, right? Like do you how think, cool though, really quickly to interrupt you. Do you yeah. think that to go mainstream, you're not just depending on yourselves, but you're also depending on the NFT technology and other technologies to advance as well. Or do you think you guys yeah. have, there's enough technology right now for an NFT collection, just to go mainstream. Yeah. I think there's, I'd almost say that it's not necessarily right now. It's hot, super hot. It's a buzzword. And if you look at like how people manage companies and talent in, in LA and Hollywood, influencers were a huge boom because influencers started to sell projects. So everyone needed to manage these influencers and help them get big deals. And then all the big money flew into influencers. And then gamers, like Twitch streamers, all that kind of stuff. They were getting really, really, really big. And then so Hollywood jumps in, gets them. Now you know, sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends every four minutes. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens. 
And I think the NFT space is in that boom now where LA Hollywood's going to start grabbing the NFT projects. And I believe that the successful projects are going to be successful in mainstream. And that may not tie to how successful or unsuccessful NFTs are. Because if you can get, if, if, if projects can strike in this next year and establish themselves, because think the Vogue, they're cool. If a 12 year old thinks the Vogue is cool and wants to buy that action figure, it has nothing to do with that. There's an NFT project. If you put a board ape on a shelf in target and kids think it's awesome and they want to watch the board ape yacht club cartoon on, on, you know, cartoon network, they don't care that they're NFTs. So if you can be successful outside of NFTs, then I think you're in like a really good space because then you're not reliant on the technology or the, the bubble that NFTs oh, Also, uh, but I will also, uh, my only counterpoint would be, wouldn't you think that these kids that fall in love with this, what if I fall in love with your show? Now I, as a kid, I, this is perfect for collectors. And now I want to get it. I want to collect both. You should, yes, it should. Yeah, and that's, that's I think, I think that will happen. Like, I think it should happen. If, if NFTs are going to be bigger and bigger, that's the, that's what's going to happen. People are going to go be like, wait, this is an NFT. I can like actually own verifiably it. own this. Uh, I think it's going to draw more people in. So I think for the success of the NFT market, we need to see mainstream success of IPs. Um, but I also think that like you can, there's going to be NFT projects that are super successful that never touch mainstream. Really? You know, like, yeah, I, I think, I think there's just, cause it's, it's a cool community, you know, like we're a tight knit community and not, and like not every NFT project has to go mainstream again, ghost ghost is making bank. Right. Like he is doing great. He's, he's good, yeah. set, right? Like he's good. Like he set, set, that set. And he doesn't need a movie. And if he wants to do a limited edition run of an art book or something and put out like a thousand things of books or maybe, you know, like 50 action, he can do all that himself. He doesn't need a big, big brand to represent him. So I think you're going to see people like that be successful within the NFT space. And there may be people like, you know, who knows? Deadheads may like not be a great NFT project and that may die off as an NFT project, but that animation that they eventually put out might get huge. And everyone loves the animation, but no one cares about their NFT. Like that could possibly, I could see both happening. I think for the success, I, I agree with you. I think for the success of the NFT space as a whole, that back and forth needs to happen. You go big and mainstream and it draws people's eyes to NFT. I, I think that's a huge thing. I, I was going to say really quickly, um, do you believe, like I was thinking about the movies, if, if Vogel were to ever come out with a movie, would you consider creating human characters or other types of characters? Yeah, so the... Um, Especially, and I, I, being in LA, I guarantee a Hollywood film would be like, you need, we need big names and you need to see, you know, Tom Cruise's face has to show up. Face you does know? matter in a way, I think. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's, it's beyond our, um, on the seeds, which is our, our giant ships that float around, like there's humans. So you could easily jump to the human ship, see, you know, see some people walking around, then watch them jump into their tar, cool cinematic. And, and then, and now you're in the, the robots. So it can kind of show that back and forth. So I definitely, I think there's some fun there. And I also, um, part of the fun of showing humans is you don't know who's behind the robot, right? Like who is controlling this tar? So some of the fun, when we write scripts, we are thinking like, is it a reveal at some point? Like, do we, oh. do, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you see this person and you think they're this tar, 
but then it turns out they're this way, you know, like it, it could be a, that could be a moment where you're like, oh, you know, shoot, this guy's actually, you know, Blueberry, the council member who killed somebody. And I thought like, yeah, so that like there could be some really fun stuff because of that disconnect between robot and human. You think they're this, but in reality, it's like they're someone else. So I think there could be some really fun stuff there. That's just crazy to me, all the things you could do with intellectual property. I'm talking to yeah. a, a bunch of NFT companies. I'm interviewing them for right now. And they always ask me in interviews, what marketing strategy would you use to help our company? And it's crazy, Mr. Andrew, because they all have given me like eh, looks. I always say at the end, though, I put Web 2.0 marketing strategies to make them happy. And at the end, I say, hey, this is probably the best. For, you should come out with an NFT collection that represents your company and use case and build a community around it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just crazy that all these different things that you could do with this IP. Um, I, I want to say thank you so much uh, yeah. for joining me, Mr. Andrew. I don't want to take up that much more of your time. No, um, thank you. I will apologize. Lot. You will see my Twitter notifications tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. I mark it three days of the week. Sure. So I'm sorry if I bother you. Um, but the episode will be out tomorrow around noon to 2 p.m. To, uh, Pacific time. Fantastic. Yeah. As soon as you do it, we'll, we'll re we'll repost it and all that kind of stuff. Send it out to us as well. All that fun uh, stuff. Again. And thank you so much. I actually, for my one, one more closing thoughts I would say is I'm a nerd kind of like you, no offense. Uh, I'm a nerd. Uh, uh, I'm a big we're all nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really, for me, what uh, fascinated me about Vogu was just the different style. I'm a big anime fan. I'm a big yeah, sci-fi same. fan. You're yeah, an anime got, fan. Yeah. I got cowboy bebop back. Here. I don't know if you can oh, see what, but... what animes do you watch? So, um, because I always thought Vogu, even though it's space sci-fi, it has an anime feel to it. I don't yeah. Know. So Jason drew from Appleseed a lot. Like that was in his head was was the old Appleseed animes oh. and those movies. Yeah. So he had that in his head. Um, I watched me and my wife like Crunchyroll subscription. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> That's so dope. That's yeah. So every dope. every month, it's like whatever the new ones are. You know, but you watch like it. Attack on Titan, My Hero. You're up to date. I actually don't like Attack on Titan. Everyone hates me for this. Everyone, what? Yeah. How do you not like it? That's so similar. I feel like that's a. Yeah, it's I just never I didn't like the story, and okay. I was like over it. I felt and it, I got turned off early. Um. I felt it had Game of Thrones syndrome. The yeah, first season, it did. It where did. they're like, we're just going to kill anything and everything and really shock people. And I was like, at that you point, know, wait, wait, you don't like Game of Thrones too, or what? I love Game of Thrones. Okay, okay. Just one first to that few out. seasons. That's the best show out the there. Books. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to um, find a better show than that. Uh, thank you. So I'm not going to take up that much more of your time. I also. I know. Yeah, I know. I do have to talk to lawyers here soon. Yeah. I do think, though, and to my closing thoughts on this yeah. episode, I think pop culture is the reason crypto goes mainstream. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And to me, this is like this. This, this is, is the culmination of that. Yeah. Hype beast streetwear. Like, look at the people in the space and it's not all tech nerds. No, no. Right. It's, it's anime streetwear, like music nerds. Like, it's, like Ready it's, Player One's real. I really believe yeah. that's real. That's going to be. I agree. But yeah. Anyway, Mr. Andrew, I'll talk to I'll see you tomorrow. I'll post this stuff tomorrow. And thank yeah, you. thank you so much. We'll have to do it again. We'll do it again in a year when I'm, when we're, exactly. we're when you're a new movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Be safe, Mr. Andrew. All right, man. Thank you, sir. See ya.